Here we are with the Cover 3 Athletics weekly podcast for WPIAL football. And it's the second week of playoffs, but most importantly, semifinal Friday night's coming up less than 24 hours away. And this is what it's all about, as we're going to talk about each semifinal matchup from Class 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A, 1A, and the City League semis on Saturday. And also dig into the Whippeal 6A championship game at North Hills tomorrow between top-ranked undefeated North Allegheny and the three-seed Central Catholic. So we'll save that one for last. Let's get to these semifinals, and let's just keep let's get let's just get into it. So I'm not going to go through stats or numbers and get all data because let's face it, every Whippeal media outlet is having their own type of preview or breakdown, dishing out that type of stuff in some way, shape, or form. You could easily go, you know, on Google and find the stats if you really want to look at them. So I'm going to save us all the hassle and just strictly talk X's and O's football. Let's get into it. So Class 1A, the semifinals for tomorrow go as follows. Top seed Claritin set to take on five seed Shenango. That game we played in Norwin High School. One of the two seed Rochester is hosting three seed Jeanette. <clears throat> so Claritin and Shenango. The Wildcats in a semifinal, I think for the first time in a long time, if not ever, trying for the first Whippeal title game appearance, take on the big bad Claritin Bears who... 15 years in a row have been into a semifinal. They know the drill. And look at this matchup. The Bears defense, very good, very daunting. We know this. The Wildcats defense, underrated, does get the credit deserved. They've been, they've been a solid unit all year long. And they showed it last week in their win over California. Offensively, you know about Dante Sanders. College coaches need to get a hold of this guy. He's a baller as he just pounded the rock all year long for the Bears. Isaiah Berry's, you know, your 1B option in the situation. Jonte Sanders has had a really good year at quarterback as a dual threat option for the Bears. And then you got Andre Henderson and, uh, and, and Brooklyn Cannon over the top. Two big playmaker receivers for Clarence. They also have a stud lineman, Demetrius Weatherspoon, that a lot of people just haven't really heard about, but he's, he's a beast. He's been a beast for three years for them. So you look at the Bears, you see these weapons, you're thinking, okay, same old story. But Shenango has a very talented player. Reese Watkins has over 1,200 yards on the ground this year. And keep in mind this year, obviously with COVID, a shortened seven-game regular season. So you're talking over 1,200 yards and not even seven games. But the but but he did have a high ankle sprain against Our Lady of the Sacred Heart. He sat out the Rochester game and limited him last week. Six carries for 22 yards against Cal because he took a helmet to the foot, slightly reactivated it. So apparently he's good to go, but he's going to be a game-time decision for tomorrow. So so obviously if you take him out of the lineup, that alters things a lot. But the goal and the hope is Reese Watkins is able to go and give it as much as he can and the Wildcats give it their best shot to the true form. But the little bit difference, though, is Tino Campoli can throw the ball. Shenango has guys, a couple guys, Hunter Lively, Adam Bryan, can make plays in space, catch and move. So don't sleep on the Shenango passing game. And as well, C.J. Miller, give this guy a lot of credit. He's come in, and with Watkins being banged up late in the season, he's taken on the lead back role. Obviously, Reese Watkins is Reese Watkins. College coaches pay attention to him, too. 
But CJ Miller's done a nice job filling in and pick up the slack a little bit. So look at this matchup. I feel like if you had an official line, you'd have Clarendon be about a two-touchdown favorite. But I'm going to say this game's going to be closer because Shenango, they've had that grit all season long to just hang around. And, of course, the first six games, they just rolled Reese Watkins and then rolled over everybody for the most part. But dating back to last year when they t- made the turnaround from one from a 1-9 club in 2018 to a 6-1 club that had a couple close losses in the tough Midwestern Conference in 2A last year, this has been a tough, gritty team. It's a program on the upswing, and they're going to hang around in this ball game. and I think they're going to give Clarence a lot to handle. So I'm going to pick the Bears to win regardless of – you know, of how much Reese Watkins can give tomorrow for Shenango. And they're, and they're more than just him. They're a good team. I don't mean to make a sign. It's just a one-man show. But I say Clarence the experience, the depth, and just the fact that it's, it's you know, it's Clarence. It's what it is. So I think they win this game. And I think they pull away late to make it be a 14 to 16-point margin. I think it's to be a close game for at least three quarters. The other semifinal, Rochester and Jeanette. Two years, two years ago, these two squared off. It was the Rams pulling off the upset. They meet again this year. Of course, Rochester, 7-1 coming in, and they do it old school. Run, run, run. And they got three guys who have all had a phenomenal season. Rashawn Reed, Denny Robinson, Sally Ore. And what's it not to like if you got one Ram to have three? Of course, but the Rams' defense, though, again, has been also outstanding this year, just grinding down opponents and just making it the typical grind, old-school grind-pound fashion. Of course, Jeanette, big plays. Electric offense, move the ball, have some tempo with it. But honestly, for the year, the story has been freshman quarterback Brad Birch. This kid's special, and this could be – I mean, he, he can end up having some crazy records and numbers, you know, in the next couple of years as he has James Sanders, his brother Brett to throw to, as well as Toby Klein, Roberto Smith, you know, is the leading running back. And he and he is just a, he's just a Swiss Army knife for them. He can do it all. Of course, Jeanette, you have your talented linemen. You have your you have a defense that's very good, and they're very good at taking the ball away. So, I, so this is a typical clash of styles. And yeah, this is a tough one to pick, but – I am gonna give it. I am gonna pick. I think Rochester wins a squeaker of a game. Just the Rams, they've won. They found they found ways to win games. And of course, you go seven one. Common sense, but just the way they've done it in the close games against Olsh, against Shenango, you know, and last week against Springdale, they just can they just control the game. And you could and you wonder, you know, the Big Seven and the Eastern Conference, how you look at it. Well, you have a similar you have a similar sample size against Springdale. Jeanette used their defense to turn that game around in the regular season, pull away late and win. Birch had a good game. Roberto Smith made some big plays. Or Rochester in the playoff game last week, they literally grounded right over the Dinos. They were in control for pretty much the entire night, winning by 17 points. So I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a similar reason that Rochester is going to find a way to ground their way into a Whitfield championship game, that is. But I think but the key, though, is if Jeanette can get up early, make a splash play on defense, and, and obviously shut down the run, because they shut down the run, that's going to be it, then they're going to win the game. Where Rochester, if you ground a pound, you have all year, you protect the football, and then you put Jeanette, you end up having to keep up, you know, and, and force a young quarterback into a mistake or trying to press, 
and that's going to be the key for them. We go to class 2A now, semifinals. You, the three-seed Starhawks, hosting seven-seed Sarah Catholic. Other side of it, you, the top-seed, undefeated Beer Falls, taking on undefeated four-seed Apollo Ridge. We'll talk about Beer Falls and Apollo Ridge first. Tigers, a couple years removed from a Whippeal and a state title in class 3A after a really rough following season in 2017 when they only won one game. They've kind of climbed back up the last two years to get to this point. And now the senior class who, you know, has basically seen it all, trying to add their own legacy here, led by the Syracuse Command star, Josh Howe, who's had a phenomenal senior season. And and it's weird to say this, but I feel like jo- I feel like Josh Howe's senior year hasn't got the respect it's deserved just because of how dominant his team's been. And that might sound a little weird, but I think to put in perspective what he's done this year, look at the numbers, it's crazy little in the film. But you got guys like Shalik Livingston, uh, you know, Tyler Jones, who are two other pouncing tigers in this option, who in this power run option attack. You got Brickner, the quarterback, who's a young kid growing and he's he's been capable to leave the office and make plays with his arm when he's had to. But also the Tiger defense has been has been a standout unit this year. And you know, you look at the, and you look at how in the offense they just literally run over and run by people but the defense has also shut people down and main turnovers. Apollo Ridge, the senior class, talk about going on journey. A lot of the three-year starters who have taken this program to unusual heights in a positive way. Well, this is their first ever semifinal appearance, obviously trying to continue out of the history. Logan Harmon leads the attack as he's the power runner. You got Jake Fellow, who can, you know, who can spread out a little bit through the air as they, as they pass more. Well, Clay Fitzroy, Niamh Research, top two targets. Don Ritter's another one. And you look and you look at the Vikings senior class. They've done it together. And that's what I, that's what high school sports is about. You know, is, is these kids growing up together, doing things and making and making history and making strides for their program and their school. So that's what you get excited about. Is you know, if you look at this matchup here, Brio Falls, they came into the year expecting this, everyone was on their backs. They were expecting after the frustrating end of last season. And, yeah, and they got the talent on paper. They're the much more talented team. And and you and you think they should be able to win this game and pull away at some point. But at Paul Ridge, you have the heart. You have all these seniors who've done this together. And, they, and they've built the program to where it is right now. This team can play. Don't overlook them. They can play. They, may, they don't have the flash. They don't have the gaudy numbers and film that Beaver Falls has. This is a good football team. They pound the rock. They can spread it out through the air. They play good defense. They protect it. Everything you want. Now with that seven pick, Beaver Falls. I just think Josh Howe, best player on the field, both sides of the ball. Beaver Falls have this mentality all year long. I just think they're the better team. I think they win this game, and again, expect a close game, in my opinion. And you could make it be Howe versus Harmon. It could come down to that, too. The two star runners for their teams. Our side, Starhawks taking on Sarah Catholic. So we have Starhawks and Sarah Catholic. And if there, I mean, if there is ever two similar styles, it's this. And I mean, I mean, similar to a T. Starting off with Sarah Catholic, seven seed, despite being five and zero, lost a lot, lost three games to COVID, kind of got forgotten about. Let's be honest. Despite lighting up the scoreboard the first month of the season, Starhawks. Seven to one, 
They had to take a forfeit in week one for a non-COVID-related reason. They've done nothing but win since, and both these teams are absolutely electric on offense, and they can do it through the air, on the ground. They spread it out. Both these defenses are very good at taking the ball away and making something happen when they do take it away. And another interesting factor that's something to remember the next couple of years, both these teams are young teams. Both of them are young, so they're going to be around for the, at least the next two-plus years. They also both have won two titles in the past. Just a little bit of a coincidence, you know, factoid there. But coming into this year's semifinal, Starhawks and, and Starhawks are kind of like, I don't mean to cut off here, but both these teams also had to fight through adversity last week. Starhawks against a Laurel team that, again, them fits the last couple of years, grounded it out, overcame a slow start, and find, found a way to win the game late. On the flip side of it, Sarah Catholic McGuffey, Sarah trailed the majority of the night, but it was a cl- very close, low-scoring game, hard-fought battle. And then every t- in the fourth quarter, there was about four instances where it looked like Sarah had lost the game, but just how things worked out, they still had life, they were tied when they needed to. 68-yard catch and run by Javon Campbell-Holt. Winner, winner, Eagles move on. So talk about the flair for dramatics to get to this point. So if I, like I said, if there's any, if there could be any more similar matchup, here it is. Look at Max Rocco leads the Sarah offense. Pretty much going to be through the air. And you've got so many guys on that team that can do something with it. Campbell-Holt. Malachi Brooks Dutrell, Farrell Fisher, who's a star defensive back, contributing off a little bit, Terrell Booth, you know, little in the star pass rusher, Paul Pearson. These guys, they could fly around and they're going to make big plays. But at the same time, Sarah's been hurt with turnovers. They've been hurt with turnovers and sloppy play against McGuffey. That almost cost them. They got to clean it up. Starks are there, and they've had their issues with penalties this year, too. Need to clean it up. On offense, the Vikings have the interesting dynamic, the dual quarterbacks. Austin Jones Jr., who's strictly a dual-threat guy, more of a runner, versus Josh Jenkins, a sophomore, who's a talented passer, but also could play receiver. And then you have the lineage of guys like Zay Davis, uh, Draymond Miller-Ross, Jamon Green-Miller, Diego Ellis. And then, of course, the star linebacker, Deontay Givens, who could touch it a little bit in the backfield. So you, so both these teams, are, I mean, literally, I don't want to say identical, but they're very, very close in every aspect. And I think this one's going to be a barn burner. I think you're going to see both these teams score into the high 30s, if not 40s. This game's still going to come down to two things. Who has the football last, but also which side can have a cleaner ball game, meaning – no penalties, do extend drives, give first downs, or it's going to cost your offense. As all, and also protect the football. But I think it's going to be, again, a high-scoring game. could be one of the highest in playoff history. I think it's going to be as it last. But with that being said, Starhawks is home. And it just seems like in the situation, Starhawks, they're coming off a time game appearance last year. They have that taste. Sarah's taking the big leap to try to get back to that point and with these kids to be at that point. I just think the game being in the Keys Rocks, Starhawks having that experience from a year ago. I think they're going to find a way to eke this game out. But total toss-up right here. Now we go to Class 3A. Semifinals for tomorrow. 
as you have top seed Central Valley hosting four seed Keystone Oaks in a total rematch from the regular season. You have then the two seed North Catholic hosting three seed Elizabeth Ford in a matchup of undefeated conference champions. So Central Valley, Keystone Oaks, no disrespect, let's just keep it short to the point. The regular season, the Warriors, just like they have every other week, have just dominated and just have just have just dismantled every opponent they faced. Logan Shrub's now banged up with an ankle injury of his own. He's okay, but his stats for tomorrow is up in the air. But even if he is able to give it a go, you know it's going to be probably at best 75%, which against these you need to be two, at least 200%. So I expect Mark Hunchin to basically be the one they're going to call and to do everything tomorrow and try to pull off some magic like he did last week. But at the end of the day, the Warriors, as they as they proved in the regular season, they proved like they're the better football team by a good bit. They got too much talent. Amir Dudley, Miles Walker, Stephon Hall, Landon Alexander, Javen Thompson, the Fitzsimmons brothers, I can go on. But I think but again the Warriors the Warriors just a better team and they've shown it for eight weeks. I think they're gonna make this one another one. Mercy rule by halftime, and they'll get back back to the championship. Other side of the bracket, though, this one, much more of a coin flip. And you look at, and you have two teams that share one thing, really good defense. But the offenses couldn't be any more different. Elizabeth Ford, they want to run the ball and, and do it by spreading it out. Kyle Flournoy, if I mispronounced that, I'm sorry, but it's spelled like Flournoy. He's he. I mean, he broke out last week, and he was the lead rusher. Devontae Brownfield is, you know, is their top running back. But then you get to the quarterback situation, where Evan Lewis was a dual threat, gave them some, gave them life in the passing game, but he was lost mid-season to an injury. So what do they do with quarterback? You have senior Nico Mervers, who's probably the best athlete of the bunch, and the most he's the most experienced player, and he played quarterback a year ago. He's come in and take snaps and be a game changer at times, and he'll have a role in offense to some degree tomorrow. You have the freshman Vernon Settles, who was starting on defense and as a receiver. He stepped up to play quarterback a little bit before he got nicked up. He's going to play tomorrow, but where at depends on it'll be a game time thing and as a flow. But again, he could take snaps, and he's more of the runner, athlete type. And then the sophomore, Zion White, has come in now. Gonna, probably going to make his third straight start tomorrow. He's supposedly the best passer of the group. But I say it. So each of them have different attributes that all click. The thing is, you have three guys. The saying is, you have one quarterback, you have you have your guy, you have two, you have none, really. This time they have three, and they're kind of piecing it together. And I think this would make it a little harder to prep, prepare for this game if you're the Trojans. Well, on the other side, of their North Catholic, they have a dual threat quarterback. They got their guy Joey Prentice, and he's had a phenomenal year as he's put up some wicked numbers at times, both as a passer and a rusher. And the offense goes as he goes. Kyle Topinski's their leading running back. He's had an extremely good season as well. Carson Laconi, you know, he'll expect him to get some touches and flare up a little bit. And then Nick Mayher, two-way star, other than Chase Wannon, who's handed to Bowling Green, the star pass rusher and left tackle for the Warriors. Nick Mayer could be the best player on the field as a two-way guy, lead receiver, lead defensive back for the Trojans. They also got Isaiah Jackson back in that defense. And this one's literally a toss-up. It's hard to pick. So, I mean, in this game, in their own ways, I expect both these teams 
to put up points because at the I mean I, I just think this time of football this time of year you know offenses tend to flourish and yes you have your defensive battles yes you have your bizarre scores but I was thinking this match if you're gonna have a weird scoring game I think you're gonna see both offenses open it up and get across it's not gonna be a high scoring game I think they're both gonna make their plays and I think both defenses step up at some point each defense will make a big play too so I think, honestly, this game is going to be a game of who can make more big plays on either side of the ball and then capitalize on opportunities. I think, again, both offenses, you're going to see bust runs, get it through the air for North Catholic. But you're going to see both these defenses come up, and I think each force at least one turnover and have one of those big game-changing plays, potentially. But some interesting numbers about this matchup. Last two years they've played, North Catholic won both. North Catholic, since they won Whippy on state title, They've gone 0-4 in semis, trying to get over that hump. We're getting over hurdles. Elizabeth Ford won their first playoff game since 2000 last week. This is their first semifinal appearance since 1999. Something has to give. And I'm going to pick EF in an upset. I, I just think EF, they've had a little bit more about them spirit-wise. The senior class has gone through a program rebuild. And, even, I mean, I think a lot of people were expecting them to win the conference again this year. But in terms of being the terms of Elizabeth Ford being a serious top contender, I don't think a lot of people gave them that credit. I think that chip's kind of give, going to give them the edge tomorrow. But again, this game is more of a toss up. And again, no disrespect intended at all. North Carolina, an extremely good team. And I think honestly, because, it, because coming to the playoffs, let's face it, 3A was simply the question of Central Valley or the field. And most took Central Valley, and you can't blame them. But I do think whoever wins this EF North Catholic game is going to give Central Valley a nice contest next week, assuming the Warriors take care of business tomorrow, which I highly expect them to. So Class 4 is semifinals. Looks like this. Top seed Aliquippa, they will host 4 seed Bell Vernon. 2 seed Tom Jefferson, they host 3 seed Plum. And both these semifinals, I think, are going to be really good games. I think regardless who wins, you're going to have a good championship next week. You look at this match. You look at this. Look at this. These two games. Here's some. Both these games have just some crazy comparison numbers that we're going to talk really quick. Al Quipa Bill Vernon goes first. So the Quips vying for their 13th straight Whippeo tie game appearance, trying to add to their 17 Whippeo championships. Once again, undefeated conference champs. Bill Vernon, on their hand, trying to make this. Their second straight Whitfield title game, and the only one came in '95 that they won. And last year was the first time since that year that they made the final. So a little bit of difference of kind of what we're used to seeing, but it's gonna be a heck of a game. Bell Vernon, they may have the best player in Devin Whitlock, as this kid is a junior. He's so underrated, and he's so freaking good. He's a bad boy. And I said last week, I will say it again: Devin Whitlock is a bad boy. So expect him to get his. Well, of course, the freshman, though, Quentin Martin, has broken out the last couple of weeks. This dude's going to be a guy to watch the next couple of years, too. It's really going to be the two-headed the two headed monster for the Leopards, you know, in the spread option attack. But uh, So the key for Alcopa with that, again, both, and both these defenses are very good units. But the key for the Quips is, I think, is simple. If you contain Woodlock, let him get, you know, 10, 15-yard chunks at best, no, not the big 60-yard touchdown that he does every week, you feel like. If you contain him, 
you're going to win this game and, and probably not have much trouble doing so because Belvern just doesn't have that passing game to keep up. On the flip side, Belvern, your key, Woodlock runs wild. Martin adds to the fray, and you could force a turnover or two and knock off the big play yourself on defense. That's your key to winning this game. Because Aliquippa, Vaughn Morris, you know, veteran quarterback now, underrated player. You know, Tyjer Thornton has broken out the last couple weeks. He's a big play receiver. You guys, you got guys like Antonio Anderson, Sire Clark, who also are capable. And then Vernon Red, if it's not Whitlock, he might be the best two-way player in this matchup. I emphasize two-way player is the leading rusher and defensive back for the Quips. Carl McBride's contributed as a linebacker, running back for them. But, and my pick's out Quip, but just because the Quips, they have that chip. You know, move, playing, moving to Class 4A this year, despite being one of the smaller schools in the entire Whitfield. The fact that they are overlooked, again, like, you know, compared to TJ Bilvernick coming in, they're at the pit. They're undefeated. It's that time of year. Bell Vernon, good. I mean, very good team, capable. But I think Alcoa just a little bit better. How they'll find a way to win this game. You know, they'll be able to bust more big plays, and eventually, Bell Vernon, you have to try to air it out. And if they're unable to, that'll be the difference. Now let's keep the numbers going. TJ and Plum, and uh, well, let's look at it. So Thomas Jefferson, you know, the world beaters that they are, trying to make their sixth Whippeo final in a row. They've claimed four of the last five crowns. They're the, they're the defending state champs. And they also had the fourth most Whippeo titles in history with nine. Well, Plum, on the other hand, first semifinal berth since 1996. And they're trying to make their first title game appearance since 1983, where they won at the time, the Class 4 Division 2 title. Had to look that one up. So, yeah, so quite comparisons and what this means. But, both are, and both are conference champs, but it's Plum who's the undefeated conference champ here. TJ won through a tie via the Gardner point system to, to still hold on to the Big 8 title despite losing the finale in McKeesport, which was their only loss of the year. TJ, you know the formula. Pound the ball, control the clock, and use that mighty defense and those big linemen to just wreck havoc and control the game every week. This year is not much different, except they don't have that one guy that's the bell, that's the bell cow that's just toning it and carrying the rock for 30-some times a game, getting 200 yards and just plowing over defenses. Deron Van Bibber, a good speed back. Connor Murga, linebacker kind of the, the, the heftier back that they've had this season. They, those two have done a great job going together. But you feel like the offense more so rolls with Jake Pugh in that passing game. And for good reason, because Pugh's shown the ability to be a good passer. You got two guys, Ian Hansen, Preston Zandier, who star on defense as well. Two big t- big play receivers that definitely need featured. So it makes sense. I, and by the way, that's nowhere near a dig. That's just you know what we got for TJ. Plum, on the other hand, comes in with a spread-out offense where Ryan Humner has been very good this year as a dual-threat quarterback. And he's got big-play guys. Reed Martin, Logan Brooks, Max Matolsi, the Penn commit, all are his top three receivers, all more than capable to make big plays. Of course, Matolsi stars as the linebacker and leading tackler for the last three years for the Mustangs. Reed Martin is your definition of a Swiss Army knife. 
as this dude's a leading receiver. He can take snaps out of, out of the wildcat formation. He can carry the ball as, as a runner. He kicks for them and has quite a leg. He's also their return man and a star defensive back for them. So talk about just a good football player. Coaches, get a hold of this guy. Logan Brooks, a big play guy himself. You know, their leading receiver, also a shifty guy in the return game and in the secondary. Tom has a couple of D1 linemen around them by Evan Areza. But you have a breakout player, Eric Moore, who's had a really good year running the football. He can, he's their hype guy. He is Mr. Energy for the Mustangs. You also have Billy Guzzi, a senior, who's there to get carries as well. So, and you look at kind of talking about what high school sports are all about. The senior plum class has gone through together. A lot of them three-year starters, if not two-year starters with, you know, experience as a sophomore. Matt Morgan's done a great job building this program up. And and this, I mean, again, you you could have argued that last week was the biggest game this program has seen in two decades. Well, arguments over that game's not Friday night. TJ, they're used to being here. This is what they do. Plum won an opportunity and. I don't want to say a dream come true because that would be a championship, but close to a dream being realized for the senior class for the Mustangs. And you know what? I'm going to stick with the undefeated team. Plum edged off McKeesport in a game that the Tigers looked like at times they were going to win, that they played started better and played better in the first half. But Plum held on and found a way. I think Plum goes on the road, proves a point, and finds a way tomorrow, finds a way tomorrow to get a win and get themselves to make some history and going into the final. But the key, I mean, honestly, I think it's a matter of which team blinks first because both these teams are experienced, they're seniors, and they both have shown the capability to go toe-toe with anybody. I think So I think it's a matter of basically who makes the first mistake, no matter what it may be, in this matchup. Now we get to the Class 5A semifinals. Top seed undefeated Pyrechland taking on four seed Penn Trafford. Then you have a matchup of undefeated two seed Gateway taking on three seed Peters Township. So, Peters Township Gateway, let's talk about that one first. A rematch of last year's championship where Gateway held on to win 21 20. They come into this year. Both these teams have a national superstar, respectfully, Florida commit Donovan McMillan for the Indians. We also have Mommy of Ohio commit Corbin Hundrew, who's a four-year starter. Gateway is a bevy of superstars. Shane Thrift going to Delaware. But the big dog, Derek Davis, who's going to make his official decision on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, as LSU, Ohio State, Penn State, his final three, had over had a bazillion offers from programs of that caliber. But also, both these defenses have been scary, equally good. Just look it up for some numbers. Pierce Township on the year allowed 9.7 points a game. Gateway countered in their five games, allowing 9.8. Both defense were dynamite in their respective quarterfinal wins. Excuse me. As in the quarterfinals, Gateway shut out Penn Hills and gave up just over 120 yards. While Pierce Township conversely held Woody High to just six points and over and just over 120 themselves. So talk about the similarities, crazy. As of course, as Pierce Township all year long, the story's been absolute phenomenal defense, phenomenally sharp special teams, 
and that offense has just been good enough or clean enough, has gotten better as well to get the job done and stand defeated. Well, looking at Gateway, my opinion, the defense has been overlooked because the flashiness of Derek Davis and the offense. And the special teams, Jason, Jason Jenkins, a veteran kicker, as well as plenty of guys who can bust a big return if given the chance for the Gators, too. So, again, two, two heavyweight powers squaring off in the semifinal. Cannot ask for any more. And you look at that defense for the Indians. We talked about McMillan and Hundrew. Braylon Carrington broke out early on, and he's been a staple. He's also a leading receiver. But you have guys, you know, like Nico Pate, who's broken out as the lead rusher for the Indians the last couple weeks, as well as Luke Petraka, who had a pick six and a scoop and score against Woody High a week ago, breaking out for them. But the And then Andrew Masucci, arguably the best kicker in the Whitfield, leading them in, in that department too. But you look at that Indians offense. Logan Peffer, three-year starter. The guy can play ball. It's just that they had a lot to replace from a year ago. This year it's coming by committee approach, and everyone's taking turns. Or Hundrew's kind of that H-back player. McMillan had a big game, had a big game receiving, and is obviously a big play guy. But Carrington's been their leading receiver. And they've other guys stuff to make a catch here and a catch there. Vinny Serrani has been the solid back every week of the season. And they got a good line, too. Or Gateway, on the other hand, you know about the high, high octane offense. Carson Anglica has been good as a first year starter for them. Obviously, Derek Davis, you know the drill, beast with the ball in his hands. But you guys, you got guys like Patrick Body, Shamor Price, who also are you know getting D1 looks, but also are very talented players too, and are big play guys. And of course, Gateway's offense. You know, you don't have to worry about them being able to take one or make a big play any moment in the game. Or Pierce Township can kind of look at it and say, you know, they haven't been able, to, been able to really do it all year long. And that's kind of the one big difference between these two teams is that defensively, I think Pierce is a little more sound where Gateway's a little bit more turnover happy, which is obviously a good thing. Both special teams are sound and good. But offensively, Gateway, high octane, move fast, and they can bust the big play with the blink of an eye. Pierce Township. More of a drive approach. You're going to march down the field and move it in short chunks and just kind of chop at it. And I think it's the difference, that's the difference in this game, in my opinion. It's just a matter of can the veteran quarterback Peffer with a more of a dig and duck short game offense grind this out and find a way to win late? Or will it be the younger, less experienced Anglica and the, and the high-flying Gators who are going to be able to maybe run up the score a little bit or make a quick move to make the difference or set the tone early on, kind of establish that lead like they did a year ago in the championship and carry it through. Best player on the field, I'm not going to answer that one because Derek Davis, Dominic McMillan, two absolute stu- superstars we could be seeing make big plays on Saturdays for the next couple of years and then hopefully maybe someday on Sundays. So. So, I mean, this was going to be a tough one, but to make a pick, I'm going to go Pierce Township because I've been on them all season long. That was that was our uh, summertime pick. I'm just going to say Pierce Township wins the game. Just they're going to find a way to win. But at the end of this, will be a toss-up. Two very good football clubs. Can't complain for a semifinal. On the other side of it, Penn Trafford, Pine Richland. 
the last time these two met. Ready? The 2015 Quad A semifinals, as it was the Brett LaFoon, Timmy Vecchio led Warriors in that senior class who ousted the sophomore Phil Dracovic and the Rams in a thriller. Now, of course, Central Catholic ended up winning the title that year and so on, but that's the last time these two met. Since Pyrechelin, well, overall six semifinal appearances in a, in a row, they won four of them. This is their seventh straight trip. Pentraff has also had a knack of making deep playoff runs. It's 2017, made the finals, lost in Gateway. 2018, lost in the quarterfinals. Last year, lost in the semis, both those at Peters Township. And again, this Peters team, another good team. And Pyrechelin, the high-octane offense has been phenomenal. Cole Spencer, three-year starter, has done his job. Eli Yalkum's had a heck of a season. Other guys like Luke Miller, Gokies, and such have stepped up and made plays. The running backs kind of by committee this year, but they all have been solid at times. And the line's obviously very good. The defense of the Rams, underrated, is a very good, you know, in turnover-forcing team. But you have Penn Trafford, who I think is without a doubt going to be the toughest team Pyrechelin is going to face this year. Now, of course, the PR gateway regular season game got canceled because of COVID. So this will be their tough. This will be the Rams' toughest test, as is the Warriors, obviously. But the Warriors don't count them out because Ethan Carr is a bad boy himself, the Villanova commit, taking over the quarterback role this year, and it's more of a spread, spread attack. And he's just a big play guy. Cade Yacomelli's a talented junior, and he's gotten better by the week, and he's become, you know, he's been pounding out 150 yards every week, it seems like. Him and Carr have been a dangerous duo in the backfield, but they can throw it. Don't let them fool you. Fool you. You guys like Chase Vecchio, the Fry brothers, who can make plays, but also a home run hitter. Brad Ford is another guy for the Warriors to watch out for, and then and and in their dominant win over our Claire last week. It was Brad Ford who locked down David Pantelis on the defensive end and contained him and helped them there. So that's another factor. And also, I think the key matchup in this game is the Pyrechlin passing attack versus the Warriors secondary. Because the Fry brothers, both good, you know, high-end college recruits, Brad Ford, Vecchio. I mean... This is going to be the toughest group that the Rams have faced all year, coverage-wise. And, and I'm not saying that they're going to get shut down or anything. I'm saying that it's going to be tough. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see the physical matchup, you know, between these guys throughout the night. And, again, I also think of, I think this one comes down to, you know, Cam Miguel Jackson step up and continue to be that leader and make a big player, too, on defense you know, get Carr because the game they lost this year was the Pierce was the Pierce Township early on. Carr I think committed five turnovers in that game. And again, but the key was though he was under duress all night. He got sacked a bunch and, and pressured a bunch, a bunch that night too. So if Miguel Jackson and those boys can wreak havoc, pin their ears back and go after Carr, contain him running and then get after him when he go back to the pass, that'll be the difference for Pine Richland. Or Penn Trout, I think the key for them is avoid the big play. But if you can force a turnover or two and then protect the ball, let Karnak and Melly take turns grinding it out, that's going to be their key to success. So I'm going to pick Pirates because they're at home. Until someone beats them, it's not smart to go against them. And it just seems like Pirates when gets here, they usually win these types of games. 
Penn Trafford gets there, but in recent years they've struggled getting over the hump and winning. I'm going to go PR in an absolute barn burner. And again, I think regardless who wins these two games, you're going to have a heck, a heck of a banging championship next week. And now we go last but not least, the 2020 Whitfield 6A championship, where it'll be North Allegheny taking on Central Catholic. So as we as we have published our Whitfield 6A tile game preview, it's available free P, free PDF download via our website through our Twitter. So check it out. It's a quick read, but it'll give it'll give a nice breakdown of the matchup. And I mean, so just looking at these two, talk about the craziest. So Terry Tawn and Art Walker, the respective head coaches of each. This is both year 16 at their respective schools. And talk about success. I mean, both have five Whitfield championships to their name as a head coach. The interesting thing that Art Walker had won his first two, leading the Vikings going back to back in 2003 and four, where Tawn was his defensive coordinator. 2005, Art Walker goes to NA. Tawn steps up to become the head coach of Central Catholic, and then through the quad eight years, and then the six eight years since realignment, they bowed it out. And you know, and and I mean, they split the last ten leagues with North Allegheny winning this year's in the regular season. But come playoff time, the last handful of years, you know, NA finally got over the semifinal hurdle last week. Central Catholic, they're the defending six eight champions, and then they're trying to rack up. I believe a fourth in six years. So you look at these two, they're pretty close to each other. Then you got a stout dominant defense and you got, and you like to run the ball. In the run game, the Vikings go behind Eddie Crazy Legs Tillman as their guy. Well, the Tigers kind of go by a committee approach with J.R. Byrne and Khalil Dinkins. They're the two leading the way, Mason Crest. And Nathan Hope, the star linebacker, both have contributed big time on the ground as well. But the difference is the ability to pass and air the ball out. Such a Catholic the quarterback's been a bit of a challenge for them this year. As they started the year with Brandon Brazell, it was in the regular season game against NA that he got benched. Adam Obern came in, as, and Obern's been the starter ever since. You have a freshman, Peyton Ware, that's seen a little bit of time the last couple of weeks, kind of like a package role as a runner. He, he might see a package or something tomorrow to get on the field for a little bit, shake it up. So the quarterback position hasn't been the strongest, but they got some young kids. But they have some talented receivers to get the ball to. Eric Benson's had his monster senior season. And Anderson Sinkar is a good athlete, good player, get the ball, get him to get the ball in space. And then Gannon Carruthers, the dude could see carries. He can get the ball in space as a, in the passing game. He's just a ball player. And he's a big play guy. He showed against Seneca Valley, you know, about a month ago. So the vets of the war, of course, North Allegheny, they're missing that true number one, that true big play receiver as Dinkins and Cress have taken turns being the leading guy. And the stats have them one, two in terms of receptions and yards for the Tigers this year, which is there's a whole lot, but they lead. But the but it, but Greg Phillips has been that consistent force at quarterback from week from week zero to now. And, that, and so you, and you look at it, though these two are very similar, very identical. NA's defensive numbers slightly better than Central's in terms of a number standpoint, but both, you know, but both are one-two in six A in terms of just everything. You know, outside of the outside of a few stats, they're literally the best two 
defenses. Both are good at taking the ball away. Both are good at pressuring the quarterback. Both are good at stuffing the run. Both are just freaking good units top to bottom. So, again, you got two dominant defenses, two run first, power run offenses. Something has to give. You know, and they go over the hurdle. Such a kind of is used to being in this position. But I'm going to make my pick. I'm going to pick the Vikings. I just think Central Catholic, the way they the way they responded last week against Matt Lemon, where they not only avenged the regular season loss, but they did it with absolute authority. And they just dominated. Braylon Henderson in five sacks. The team had eight. And just the way they looked, the way they're flying around and collapsing, it really just took away the Blue Devil offense entirely. I look at them in a rematch against NA, and I think it's going to be a case like last week. We're not losing twice to you. And again, I think the second time around, they're just going to force NA to gather up a little bit more. They're going to prevent the big play. And when it comes down to it, they're going to be the ones controlling the clock, grinding it away, forcing NA to air it out a little bit, and slowing them down. And I just think it'll be the Vikings finding a way to win this game like we've seen them do in the championship in recent years. But in order for NA to win, the fact you have four guys that are capable of going over 100 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, I think is phenomenal. The fact that you know, you have that in your run game, you can control the clock. I think you got to use all four of them. you got to get Phillips to use his legs a little bit. And then you can use it to set up easy pass plays over the top with Dickens, with Cress, and such. Dwayne Taylor was a breakout player last week for the Tigers with four catches for 57 yards. Watch for him this week. Maybe a big play, big pass plays in his book. He could be a game changer tomorrow as well. And the, But the ultimate X factor in this matchup, Vikings return man Brandon Jackson Jr., absolute speedster, one of the more electrifying players in the whippy hole. Get the ball in his hands, he can make something happen. So that's another thing that Central has that gives him a slight edge, in my opinion. But again, the game is going to be one or lost, I think, in terms of who could, who could protect the football, which defense can do the better job of shutting down the other's run game, maybe forcing a takeaway or two, or just pressuring the quarterback in a rare passing situation. That's what I'm looking at tomorrow for this final. So the NA Central Catholic final are. Game preview is available via our website and Twitter page. Totally free. Check it out. Get the numbers. Get a close read. Do it and enjoy it. As that will be the first of our six championships play in the next couple of weeks here in the Whippy Hole. And also, the winner between Todd and Walker will get their sixth title. We will become the eighth coach in Whippy history to have six-plus championships in their name. So the Whitfield 6-8 championship tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at Martyrow Stadium in North Hills, North Allegheny, Central Calico, and at it. Then to wrap up, the City League semis are on Saturday. Topsy West House takes on four-seed Bashir. The two three matchups all are in University Prep to talk about West House Bashir. The Bulldogs have allowed six points in five games. Yes, you heard that right. And that six came on a special teams touchdown against Carrick. Bashir, they scored. I believe 20 points and then went over Perry. No, I take it back. I'm sorry. Bashir scored 35 and went over Perry. They've scored 20 the rest of the season. They just struggled to score the ball. I think the Bulldogs, who are the defending champs, you know, behind Keyshawn Marcello and company, will run the ball, gain control, but also allow Marcello to do his thing. The defense will just dominate. I like them to win. Allardyce taking on U Prep. These two were in an, or, an overtime slugfest early on. 
that Robert Brown scored the winning touchdown for the Dragons. That both offenses have gone better since that opening game. See, I think we say say we are going to see more points from both sides on Saturday. And, I, and I'm going to go university prep in this one. I think the, I think the Panthers have shown more strides since that first game than the Dragons have. Keon Smalls has improved. I think the Panthers have a little more playmakers, but they just showed to me the greatest improvement from that opening loss for Solardice's win there. But again, I think this one's going to be a low-scoring, hard-fought game that's going to be a nice little Saturday thriller in the city. So that's that. So I hope you guys enjoyed our week two playoff breakdown for Whitfield football. All semifinals are tomorrow night, 7 o'clock kickoffs, higher seed hosts, with the exception of Clariton being at hosting at Norwin and then Beer Falls hosting at Geneva College. Both city semis are on Saturday at Couple Stadium in the afternoon, one after the other. And then our Whitfield 6A football championship, North Allegheny versus Central Cax at 7 o'clock tomorrow night at Monterey Stadium in North Hills. It'll be broadcast live on the CW Pittsburgh as well as radio on Trib. So that's that. Of course, to check out our stuff and our 6A talking preview, cover three athletics, thoroughexcite.com slash WestPA. It's cover the number number three athletics in our address bar. And remember the slash WestPA at the end of it. Our Twitter's at cover three underscore ATH. It's capital C and cover the number three underscore and all caps ATH. And then cover three athletics on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram for more. We appreciate you guys. And whether you're going to a game, watching them live, listening, or whatever you're going to do, enjoy it. But be safe. Have fun. Have an enjoyable, safe weekend. As our recaps have also be on our website, hopefully by Monday night, if not by next Tuesday night. And, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. Feel free to share, comment your opinions, tweet at us, DM us. All of our athletes and football players who have highlight footage, stats, numbers, you name it, DM us, tweet us, give us a follow. We'll be glad to help you out and get yourself out there to coaches. So with that being said, appreciate you guys. Appreciate strong, healthy debate on any of these picks. With that being said, have a great weekend. Enjoy the semifinal and championship action, and we'll talk next week.